This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host of... It's, it's a special edition top four podcast. It only deals with the affairs of teams in the top four that play in Claret and Blue. I think that's the remit of this podcast from now on. Joining me to discuss the latest adventures of top four Aston Villa, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello. It's top four Phil Shaw and top four Chris Bird. Thank you very much. Yes. Well, thank you. Welcome. No, it's only Aston Villa are top four. You, you guys are <laughs> mid-table, decidingly mid-table. <laughs> I'm yep. average on a good day, so it's fine. We're, we're going back to the days of uh, Brian Little now, aren't we? Finishing in uh, the top four. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, being disappointed with only finishing in the top four. Hold on a minute. Before we go on, I just want a quick look at the league table again. Oh, yes, that's, oh, that's good. One more games in Liverpool. Two points off the top. Two points off the top, David. Yeah, this 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 is a thing that people have probably kind of glossed over. Yeah, yeah, top four, whatever. There's two points separating Villa from the top. We've won the same amount of games as Manchester City and Arsenal. Your two front runners from last season. Both are coming to Villa Park. Oh, oh, we could be top oh. soon, lads. We <laughs> could be top soon. Strap yourself in. <laughs> could be a, a new podcast called The Winners, number one. Villa podcast that deals with the team that is number one that plays in Claret and Blue. Looking forward to that one. Mm. Right, before we get into things, supporting the My Old Man Said podcast through these winter months is NordVPN, and they are offering our listeners a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN of My Old Man Said. If you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices. And 
Of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3pm kickoffs on Saturday or 2pm kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discounts off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free and there's a no risk Nord 30 day money back guarantee as well. You'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes. So check it out. As an additional added bonus, NordVPN will match any donation made to Movember the campaign that helps raise awareness of men's both physical and mental health and encourages men to talk about it, NordVPN will match any donations, so in effect doubling your donation to that cause. Thank you very much. So, the order of the day is our trip to Spurs. It was kind of a show us what you've got, Aston Villa. This is the first test. We've got to play Arsenal and Manchester City in the, the next three games. But this was the first test. A wounded Spurs team lost the last two, but also with suspensions and the injuries, which have kind of added to the uh, the change in momentum in their season. I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I did say they were going to drop like a sack of shit, and, and I cut it out of a, edited it out of a previous podcast. But that's what's happening now. It's three losses on the trot. And they're in Man the City rear. Next. They're in the rear view mirror now. They're playing Manchester City next. They've also got Newcastle coming. This, this is the thing. Villa have got to play Arsenal and Manchester City, but there's a few other matchups as well in this top five. So. I think as long as we get something from at least one of those games, we should still be sitting in that top four, top five going into the Christmas festive period. But we'll get into that shortly. There's been a couple of shows in quick succession, so not much Villa news left over from last we spoke. So we'll get fairly quickly into the, the Villa Spurs game. Anyway, how are you, gentlemen? All good? I'm very well. Got a bit of a cold, but I'm all good. Busy weekend so far. Just so puffed out. out. Oh, very much so. Yeah, Phil, Phil is so. now. He's going to be marching into work tomorrow, aren't you? Oh, Phil? I am. I am indeed. Just slapping people around the back of the head yeah. when he walks past the seat. Spurs who? Any Spursy fans amongst your uh, colleagues? They they haven't outed themselves yet, and they probably won't now. Just I've seen one dog head. That's it. I've got loads, all the, all the music, like they're all Chelsea, Spurs and Arsenal. So this is a great weekend for me. Strangely, they all expected to lose anyway. So it's kind of, it's yeah, not quite the same level of banter, really. I got a message uh, saying, oh, we were shit, blah, blah, blah. Thought Villa played good in defence, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, you watched the same game, I What game did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did in the second half, but we'll come on to that. Laughable squad lineup from, this is a Spurs fan, zero depth, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, see you later. You're in, you're in the rearview mirror now, Spurs, so uh, see you later. You, you think they could have bought some squad depth with uh, the £100 million they got for Harry Kane? Well, yeah, you'd have thought. Or at least stockpiled a load of players in the Saudi league or uh, who, and, and then partnered up with them. Hold on a minute, let's carry on reading this tweet I got from a Spurs fan. You're a good team, <laughs> much further down the road than us, and could actually make top two or three if all pans well. Mm. Fair enough. I'll have a bit of that. Yeah, so which one of these suckers need to make way for us? Arsenal, Manchester City or Liverpool? Who would you prefer? Ooh, I'd love to finish above Liverpool. 
Oh, I'd love, I'd love to finish above Arsenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Arsenal, actually. But yeah, Arsenal, just because of that fan base and what they did when they uh, when the club let them into Villa Park uh, to record their toxic show. This is the Oh, yeah, those base. dweebs can get in the fucking bin, can't they? And, after, and the post-match after the, you know, the Martinez lucky goal, we just thought, nah, you, got, you lot can fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, enough about those North London tosses. Let's, let's speak about the other lot. <laughs> <laughs> but first, let's have some Villa news. Yeah, as I said, we've we've pretty much covered everything in uh, two shows that came out <clears throat> days with the days close to this. What we did, uh, we recorded after the Martinez incident when Argentina beat Brazil. That game was delayed 30 minutes because there was a bit of uh, feistiness between Argentina and Brazil fans but then the Brazilian police just marched in zero, zero tolerance with the batons whacking everybody after the uh, the game Messi uh, put out a statement saying this typifies you know Brazilians attitude to Argentinians and really nasty affair and players actually came out before the game to see if they could calm things down also uh, where all this kerfuffle was was where the players uh, friends and family were in that section Martinez was seen you've probably seen the video by now jumping up to uh, grab at one of the batons as it was being uh, flayed around which helped a pretty good job to be fair yeah, it kind of made the, the Brazilian police kind of rethink what they were doing there. But good to see him uh, step up there. Because in this day and age, you know, players kind of fairly distance uh, from uh, fans. But fair play to him. And uh, and he did very well against Spurs as well in the second half. Meanwhile, as you would have seen, Ramsey and Moreno are back. Ramsey actually uh, got a little... He got about three touches as he came on at the end as they were killing off the clock. But uh, well on the road for being back there. In perfect time, really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Zaniola missed the Spurs trip, uh, allegedly to an, uh, due to a knock uh, on international duty with Italy. There was a fan advisory board informal meeting in the week just gone by. Mentioned a couple of things on one of the previous pods. There will be a podcast uh, going into it in more detail for my old men said members. We're doing this podcast pretty much on the back of of the game straight after, so we'll probably talk about issues from that meeting uh, over future podcasts. Villa's partner team, Vissel Kobe in Japan, have won the J League for the first time. Did was in the S Congratulations to them. Yes, he was. He was the manager, wasn't he, for a little while? Yeah, this is five months after Iniesta left the club. So well, there's a couple, of, as as we mentioned in the previous Villa news, a couple of players that have come over in the academy. I think they're playing for the under-18s at the moment. While the Villa men were in North London, uh, the Villa women had the chance to play at Villa Park hosting Everton, hoping to carry on their recent renaissance, having won four games on the trot, including two Conti Cup ties. But unfortunately, they came up short against Everton, losing at Villa Park 2-1, which certainly will put a dampener on the recent progress in turning around their poor start to the season. Certainly they would have jumped a few places if they had won, but now they are still hovering third from bottom not great as always a big thank you to the my old man said members for supporting the show and thanks for everybody who joined us in match club for the spurs game if you want to be better informed than the average villa fan please do become a member 
which will get you access to members' extra podcasts, ad-free shows, so you listen to the show as it's intended in its purest form, and also, most importantly, access to Match Club. A big thanks to Craig Sheldon in the last couple of days for uh, signing up as a My Old Man Said member. You can too by going to myoldmansaid.com and clicking on the membership link on the menu bar where you'll find all the details on how to join us. Thank you very much. Three points. Point number one uh, was the sad news of ex-England manager and Spurs manager Terry Venables uh, passing away aged 80 after battling a long illness. Obviously, uh, Venables really came to, I think, the peak of his powers, 1996, uh, the Euros in uh, England. Best remembered for the devastating victory against the Dutch, which came out of nowhere, a 4-1. Yeah. But of course he went to Barcelona, didn't he, as well? Yeah, no, exactly. And also was good at Spurs, to be honest with you. I mean, I quite yeah. like that Spurs team uh, back then. Yeah, brand of football he played was definitely attacking. Yeah. Brand of football, but um, of course he was the one that sold Maradona from Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. But also a considerable player, well, so, you know, for Cockney teams anyway, Chelsea, uh, QPR and uh, Tottenham. Somebody, you know, a big character in terms of my uh, youth from a football point of view anyway. Yeah, you'll always always wonder what could have been if he'd have taken that England squad onto the the World Cup two years later instead of Glenn Hoddle. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a strange one there because there you had a manager that everybody embraced and was you know very unlucky not to go on uh, to win Euros. But then, yeah, as you say, what what if? And here we have a manager now who uh, gets into similar positions but doesn't capture the the country's imagination in in the same way. Anyway, point number two, Italian players red-faced for a good cause. Why are players and coaches across the league in Italy uh, getting red marks painted on their faces, Phil Shaw? Well, this is an initiative to mark the International Day for Eliminating Violence Against Women. It's an annual campaign called Show Violence Towards Women the Red Card, or forgives my Italian, Un Rosa Allo Vienza. Or violenza, but unlike previous years, they're, they're stepping it up a notch this year because um, before each Serie A match, um, the two captains are standing with a microphone and reiterating points. It's, it's saying it's no longer enough just to say I'm different, that I'm not like that, but we must unite to combat violence against women. So it's one of those ones where, you know, it's, it maybe it's been a token gesture years before, but now they're putting it more in the spotlight. And the red mark uh, represents uh, lipstick mark. Have you have you seen the power on Amazon Prime? No, I have not. Which is uh, it's, an, it's a series about uh, I just finished watching. That's why I mention it. Where women develop uh, the power of firing electricity out of their hands. Uh, it's based on a book. So what happens? Young girls develop uh, across the world. Suddenly, uh, there's this. And it's actually an organ that's been dormant. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is fictitious, but the, the science behind it is basically to say this. It's evolution. So women have suffered obviously uh, over the years, and this they've kind of evolved, and now they can fire electricity out their hands and kind of control things with electricity. So the first season is about the rise of women and how the tables have been turned around the world of who is the kind of alpha amusingly you have like uh, like an andrew tate character who is trying to get you know young guys to rebel against this new dominant force and it, you know plays out society and, and attitudes towards men and women and uh, you know the whole kind of internet culture etc about uh, demasculated men 
But no, it's quite interesting and uh, in, in terms of this Italian thing uh, fits in with that. Point number three, New York football fan is suing StubHub. A fan from New York brought two tickets on StubHub to see Spurs against Liverpool. and But after flying to England for the game, he only made it as far as the stadium gate, I'm presuming that these tickets uh, weren't valid. Yes. Uh, the guy is a lawyer from Brooklyn, and he's begun a legal process, handy to be a lawyer in this circumstance. Uh, he, so he's going to sue StubHub, accusing the company of fraud and breach of contract for selling and promoting fraudulent tickets. Apparently, uh, you know, he was emailed multiple times confirming his tickets were 100% guaranteed, saying, I just want to remind you that Spurs will release tickets a few days before the event, etc., etc. I mean, Villa got rid of their secondary ticket agency. They used to have, well, they've had a few, haven't they, via GoGo, etc., because they were going to get another one in, and uh, in a fan consultation group, you know, everybody says no, 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 because they they're against the idea of fans profiting off other fans, which is, you know, is a fair enough ethos. But then you compare it with the club's in-house one, where the club profits off fans again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> People trying to sell a season ticket suddenly... Uh, if say for example you can't go to a category A game against Liverpool and the ticket's like what 55 60 quid that's the face value but for a season ticket holder it, it doesn't really matter it's 19 games so it's your season ticket amount divided by 19 so it'd be a lot cheaper than that face value for a category A game but you just get 80 odd percent back off that 19th value so you'll get you know 25 quid or whatever and then the club will uh, take that ticket and then sell it for another 60 quid or even worse offer it up as a, a terrace view or a lower grounds ticket and make yeah, it yeah or if, if you've got say for example you've got i don't know uh, an adult with two children and you're giving all three tickets up, the club right, can then upgrade laughing. those children's tickets. You get 80% of the kids' rate, and the club get, you know, all profit, basically. Yeah, so you kind of lose on your season ticket, and they make uh, even more. And uh, you're thinking, well, fuck it, bring the, you know, I, I was just against secondary ticketing as a default, but now I'm, I'm like, well, at least you can sell it for face value and get your money back. Yeah, the interesting thing actually with Villa was when it was secondary market stuff, you know, in the, in the days of sort of iGoGo, et cetera, there were very, very seldom times where you could actually make profit on a Villa ticket. I know a few people, you'd get a, you'd get a game, um, for a, a ticket for some games, for like 10, yeah, 10, 15 quid. Yeah. You couldn't give that shit away at Villa at this point. And the, the, club, the, Lambert the, club, the club would actually sell them on there as well. Yeah. Because it's not a good look for them to go on, the, on their website face. They can go, oh yeah, special offer, 10 quid. So what they used to do, would, would, would they put hundreds on? via go-go for like 10 quid in the good old days when anybody could uh, get in <laughs> <laughs> when anybody could get a ticket and anybody could get a job in the dugout it would appear as well hmm. <laughs> i mean uh, why 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 is there always bitterness to everything uh, off the pitch that this club do you know you should be giving the season ticket holders all their money back for that ticket because you still be making money because you'll be selling it for you know cat a profits anyway spurs so going into this game uh, this was very much this is it opportunity knocks lots of talk about oh can Villa finish top four or Villa Champions League well you can talk all you want the proof's in the pudding and the pudding was Spurs away Bournemouth away Arsenal at home Manchester City at home after those games you've got enough time to rectify your away record and you're going to play three of the teams above you so 
Yes, we know that Aston Villa can take care of business at home against anybody around them or below them, but can they take care of the teams that also want to get in the Champions League that they'll have to at least dispose of a couple of them? But this was like, you looked at that Spurs team, they've lost the last couple of games, they've got suspensions, they've got a growing injury list of key players. We're talking centre-backs, you're talking Madison. You're talking Basumo. They lost a lot of the spine of the team, basically. Yeah, yeah the spine of the team's gone. So we were like hyenas sniffing <laughs> around a carcass. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. And we had to dine on it. We had to eat that cockerel. Yeah, roast chicken. That's what I like to think of Spurs, yeah. We had to dine today. Today was Sunday lunch, chicken time. And we had yeah. to uh, get the knife and fork in and, and do it. There was, there was a bit of a problem, though, because, I mean, I listened to something for the weekend and you were saying, you know, cagely optimistic about a, a, an away win. But I was thinking to myself, even with Spurs' as top team, I was thinking, right, this is the time Emery's will have a plan for the, the main Spurs team, even at the start of the season, saying we'll be the ones that sort of, like, derail the... The, the hysteria about Spurs, but if you'd asked me that after twenty minutes, I would have said the the, cor- <laughs> yeah. the, the corpse that the hyena was picking on suddenly just stood up and started kicking the hyena. <laughs> it twitched into life. Yeah, it definitely did. It's like a ghost. <laughs> yeah, it was like Jesus Christ. It's rigor mortis <laughs> or something. <laughs> and they only looked like one winner in the uh, the initial ex- exchanges, especially uh, the the first we half were, hour. We were very very fortunate, weren't we? In 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 moments. I mean, we carried a threat. I thought actually in the first half it was kind of two teams who didn't look particularly great at the back yeah. but Spurs just had energy in the front line and they pressed us so hard high up the pitch you could consider that Emery showed them a bit of respect by bringing in Carlos instead of starting with Tillemans which we mm-hmm. thought probably would be the move playing Carlos and it looked like rather than just a three and then uh, two attacking wing backs at times it seemed that Cash was given more of a license to stay up and, and be that wide man rather than a, a wing back and Konza was coming across and you know how it works it's quite fluid Kamara drops back there's always like a, a shape of a four and then on their side of things and we were in something for the weekend Bentico would would probably start after two games coming on well I think he started didn't he against Bolivia for Uruguay and then came on for the first game against Argentina and he's had two let's say half hour or almost half hour slots coming off the bench because he hadn't he, you know he he was injured at the start of the season and then we thought Le Celso would get a crack as there was a high chance and he did start yeah, midfield. And, and obviously scored and played well he was more uh, let's say the shoe in for uh, Madison so Spurs it's not as if they had a shit team out because it was you know it was good it's just they lacked a bit of depth when you looked at their bench you thought ah, actually now they are probably at the limits of uh, what they can put out now yeah mm-hmm. the one thing was you'd expected to see um, Eric Dyer on in centre back, but instead of that, he played basically four full backs in the centre back positions. Yeah. And U- Udogi, I thought, was brilliant for Spurs the whole game. Really good um, game. Yeah. Yeah. Back. Even in the first 30 seconds, or just after Matty Cash had a header in the first 30 seconds, uh, Udogi was the furthest forward with Spurs and he just spooned one over the bar in the first of their many chances. Yeah. But they they were up for it. Yeah. They were all over us for. You know, for, for periods of the game, pressed hard, they played some really good football and it was quick. And I just think it felt like Villa got their plan wrong and it, they were sort of playing into Spurs' hands, but Spurs were playing well with it. And, um, you know, when the goal came, it wasn't a huge surprise. They'd kind of been knocking on the door for a while. Yeah. Admittedly, it's a pretty shit goal for Villa to concede, unfortunately. Before we get to the goal, as everybody was saying and, and, and half joking that most of it will be played out in the, in the centre circle, both 
playing the high line. But Spurs, they they were they were forcing Villa to play Russian roulette because they had pace and they were like attacking it a bit more direct while Villa were attacking Spurs' high line by just playing a, a kind of normal controlled way, weren't they? It's not as if yeah. they were trying to trigger it. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much like Forrest did against us. Spurs were using pace and they were trying to trigger it all the time while we were a bit more systematic in our approach. Yeah, Kulosevsky especially. I mean, any ball over the top, it was him one-on-one against Dean or he had the beatings of Dean for pace as well. And he he definitely should have scored. I mean, he managed to somehow hit the post with Martinez beaten and then on the rebound, Torres managed to yeah. clear it off the line. So Villa did well to weather that 20-minute storm until it all went wrong. Oh man, little Celso's finish took a deflection there. I think uh, it might have been a different story about that deflection, but very deserved at that point. No, no complaints. Well, they were completely on top. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Strangely, the goal actually sparked Villa into life. Of course, they, know, they go a goal down. It's a pretty crap goal to concede. And they go straight up the other end from the kickoff and have the ball in the net with a really well-worked move. Unfortunately, obviously, Watkins is offside, but it was the perfect response. Yeah, it's one of those offsides where if it's taken three or four minutes to fucking decide... It was uh, very it close, wasn't it? Yeah. That long. And then on the broadcast pictures, especially the there's the angle from the crossing position from Luca Dean's position. He wasn't offside. The knee of the Spurs player was keeping him on. Then you switch it to the sort of the other side of the pitch, and he's offside from that angle. And you just wonder to yourself, I mean, pick an angle, pick something. There has to be a better way than what they're doing at the minute. Yeah, and a, and a time limit. Like if you if you can't decide it in like a minute. Or after a couple of angles, I mean, I don't know how you want to set it up after a minute, then make the decision in favour of the attacking team because you want football to win ultimately. But yeah, for it to go four minutes or three, four minutes is uh, it, it's a joke because it's, you know, you're looking at the whole clear and obvious ethos. Because I thought that goal was going to check undeservedly in terms of balance of play, but I thought it might check the momentum and then we would be up and running after that. But when it didn't happen, you're thinking, ah, shit, because we were again swamped. Yep. But as we said on the uh, something for the weekend, the preview, we said Bentacore's starting 
you need a bit of a reducer on him early doors. Absolutely. Textbook from cash. And the Polish reducer <laughs> stepped up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, was the, that was the turning point. I mean, it wasn't a great tackle. I mean, it wasn't overly malicious, but at the same time, he let him know he was so there. poorly timed, though, isn't it? Yeah. And, <laughs> Those uh, fans aren't happy, by the way. No, well, they're never happy. Cash took out Doherty a few seasons ago with a much worse tackle, and they yeah. haven't forgiven him for that. But this uh, this thing, Benton Kerr was down for a while, and he got up and played on, and then he sort of twisted his ankle again. So I wonder if all the fuss is being made over Cash's tackle, and it was actually the what made him come off a couple of minutes later that's done the damage. But yeah. we'll give Cash the credit. But that's that's around the half hour mark, and you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, this this can only be good. But at the same time, you got your cash is picked up a yellow card, then Kamara's picked up a yellow card uh, a few minutes later, a couple of minutes after that, Begins picked up a yellow card, and you know I was saying in Match Club before, uh, this is set up that Villa can win this, but you just hope there's no like silly thing that's going to alter the course of the game like a, a red card. And, and you were thinking Cash looks like set for red because the crowd's on him. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's dangerous territory here. And, yeah. he, and he did nearly go, didn't he? But it was one of those games where I think you just you had to dig in, stay in the game, and then you knew the chances would come. Because to be fair, as much as Villa weren't particularly great without the ball, I actually thought every time we got into their sort of final third, I thought we were going to c- cause some problems and did. And of course, just before half time, you, um, you get the equaliser, whether it's deserved or not, I'm sure is open to debate, probably not on the balance of play. But what a ball in by Louise and a great header by Torres, who frankly should have scored earlier in the game anyway. Yeah. And at that point, then you think, this is where the uh, momentum changes. This is the thing about Torres. When he scores, he's always making up for something, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> if he could just score and that's it, and it, and it's not for compensation from missing a chance or uh, you know conceding a goal. Yeah, well, I mean, that was that was exactly the first header was just foreshadowing what happened in the second one. It was, it was a great header because it wasn't close um, to the goal either. It was a good 10, 12 yards and just straight under the corner. It was a great ball it's in from Louise from a deep really position. Goal. Emery came out and actually gave him instructions, like put it in the box rather than doing any sort of Nanny McPhee routine. It was like, get that into the, into the mixer, as we've been asking for for years. <laughs> Good from Torres, because uh, we, were, we were discussing this actually at halftime, that for all Mings's physical prowess in his own box, he doesn't get the quota of goals you would expect from set pieces. And the fact that Torres has already scored two yeah. so far this season is a big plus point. Especially for someone who's normally so dominant in the air. Yeah. Whereas Torres has chipped in with two really important goals this season already, and um, you know looks looks a threat at set pieces. He seems to read you know read the delivery of the ball well, and he knows kind of knows where he needs to be to to cause problems. But you you saw from the reaction of Emery celebrating this goal that the big goal and it that a massive goal because he obviously was not happy with what was going on. Probably had changes planned in his mind, but it's a difference implementing changes or tactics when you're 1-0 down because you're still reacting to being down but when you can go in level and you're basically starting from scratch it's uh, it's a different mentality and he would have been that's what half of his celebration was like that's that's perfectly timed yeah and then he made the proactive move, didn't he, at halftime, which was was also a big moment in the game where, you look, as you said, you looked at the Tottenham bench, they didn't have a lot that could change the game going forward. Villa did, we had firepower. And to be fair, he went positive, you know, put, put Tiedemans into midfield, Bailey out on the right, straight from the kickoff. They um, Villa looked a much more switched on team. Interestingly, both changes that they were open and, you know, they were at halftime discussion in match club, weren't we? People mm-hmm. were already saying Bailey on, DRB off and get cash off. Yeah, Diaby hadn't had a good game and Cash was a sort of a red card waiting to happen. Spurs were clearly targeting him. And then I think Tielemans gave us the balance in the middle of the field. And to be fair, Bailey, I think 
the game ended up suiting him. I think it wouldn't have necessarily suited him in the first half, but as we've said before, like when the game opens up for him and you give him space to play, and he can cause teams problems. And for some reason, Spurs, whether they took the foot off the gas or got leggy or they just thought, right, we're going to really go at Villa, they opened up the middle of the park. All of a sudden, McGinn, Louise, Kamara, who hadn't had a, a sniff really in the first half, had time to get on the ball and pick a pass. And Bailey became the out ball. Um, yeah, needs, I think he needs new studs because he kept slipping over, yeah. didn't he, at times? Yeah, what I would say about Spurs is, I mean, I think they got leggy because there's no way they can keep up that pace for the whole game. It's just, it's impossible. It was so fast and their squad is stretched so thin that when it got to the, sort of the, the mark there towards that point of the half, I mean, it's just whenever Bailey managed to force the keeper to tip it onto the post, the keeper got really lucky with that one because it went right through his hands as well. Um, you just sense that that was the tide had sort of turned in Villa's favour then and it yeah, wasn't... because before that, at the start of the second half, the first possession stat on the screen after a few minutes was Spurs 96%, Villa 4. And you're thinking, this is not kind of the, uh, the way we thought this game was going to suddenly... S- spin on its head with the substitutes but it changed soon after that as you as you just said yeah and then whenever the goal did come whenever it came from Watkins I mean that's that's a world-class finish what a goal and as I said it came from Tottenham just opening up the midfield slightly and that's where Tiedemans is great you know we would wondered when he first came what, what his role might be and he, he looks so much better in and around the penalty area and he can pick pick that pass he kind of he, he almost fulfills the role more like a Buendia Whereas when yeah. he arrived, we sort of thought maybe he was a bit more box-to-box, box, which I don't think is his, his real game, but brilliant pass. Great um, first touch by Watkins, takes it away from the defender. It's a class finish. It's just a really good build-up and finish. It's a really well-constructed goal. And once Villa got the lead, it, it felt for a while that we'll go and get another one here because they, they, Villa were knocking on the door. and It was kind of for a, a period. Both sides were kind of swinging punches and you know Spurs were a live threat throughout. But it just felt the longer the game went on, they were running out of legs and, and Villa were kind of growing into the game a bit more because we yeah. had the energy off the bench and we had more, you know, we'd only made two subs at that point. We still had, well, in the end, obviously, we brought Duran Ramsey on, but we could have actually switched things up again if we'd have needed to. Yeah, We managed the game well. Tillerman's vision and way to pass is, is great when he's hovering around uh, the 18-yard yeah. box. Yeah, and, and going back to what you said, uh, you know, in the first, about the first half, even though we were getting ransacked, and this is something that stood up across the season. Villa always look a threat in, in any game. They always look like they're capable of a goal. This is probably a great example of a game that's stood them in good stead, that uh, ability to look like they're going to score yep. all the time. We've seen Villa teams over the last decade or so that just looked incapable of mustering a shot, never mind a goal. Well, you're, yep. you're going away from home in a game like that, parking the bus to only get beat 1-0. Yeah, this one you just you always felt Villa were gonna could always nick a goal and probably should have. Obviously, Watkins had that big chance that somehow fuck knows how that doesn't go in. By he's the done way, that. He's, this is chances. this is not the first time he's done that. No, it was Fulham won it the other week. Yeah, it was oh, last yeah. week. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, he's still not that guy that you can rely on, is he? If, if you know, I'm being really harsh here, by the way, because he's, he's, he's I mean, he took his goal in the first half well. He took the goal in the second half really well. So I'm not going to be too harsh because I think yeah. it's, it's a difficult, you know, difficult task games like that where you know you're not going to get a lot of the ball, but when you do come to life, you've got to be really sharp yeah. around the penalty. And you, of course, you're relying on on really good service. He kind of heads it down, gives Davis well, Davis does well to get Davis in there is, to kind of recover. Though, but if he just heads it directly, straight head high, it goes in. Yeah, yeah. But of course, there was still time for Spurs to get almost get back in it and it was like a double save from Emmy Martinez was just oh, unbelievable 
Yeah. Unbelievable. He, had, he had a really good game, actually. He's the epitome of a world-class player, isn't it? You go into those difficult games and he's the guy that pulls the team over the line a bit. And I'm sure he will get play, you know, man of the match, player of the match, whatever you want to call it. But in the big moments, he stood up yeah. and made the right decision and made the, the first save is a really good one. The second one where he just tips it around the post is class. And then even at the end, they've got a couple, a series of corners, didn't they? Ball comes in through a big yeah. pile of bodies. He just gets above everyone, catches it, falls on the floor, feigns injury, textbook Martinez moment. And you think, we should be all right here. If you boil it down just to its bones, you've got a team that always looks like scoring. You know, it doesn't matter how they're playing. And a fairly clinical. And you've got Martinez at the other end who will prevent at least a goal or two that's kind of nailed on. And if you just oh, got those, won us two points today. If you've got those two basic ingredients, that's a backbone to go far, isn't it, in this Premier yeah. League anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just got to build around that because Tottenham were. I, I was really impressed, and everyone, you know, everyone who spoke in Match Club was. We were all sort of applauding Tottenham, saying they played really well. They played some great football. Yeah, but I did think they were there for the taking at the back, and Villa kind of showed that that when they picked their moment, they were clinical. It was almost like an away away performance in Europe that you see a lot, where it's not really smash and grab, but you just when the chance comes, you take it really clinically, and you always think we've got enough here to hurt them on the break if Spurs overextend themselves. Um, and, and sort of dug in, I thought, actually, the, the defensive line in the first half had a sort of a difficult one. They clearly sort of shuffled the pack a little bit, second half. I thought Carlos had a very good second half. He had a couple of really good blocks. We were sort of resolute in the air, managed to play our way out from the back a little bit better. We didn't manage to do that at all in the first half, but we did a really good job getting through that press. Because even in the first half, once we got through the, fir- the, sp- the first phase of the Spurs press, we were just onto them. We just didn't do it often enough. Second half, you always felt that we could get the third here if we really want to chase the game. Luckily, we didn't necessarily need to when we kind of managed the game well. Um, and, and coming off of, you know, a busy run of games with the internationals, etc., it's good to go into you know Warsaw with a performance like that that I think they'll really take confidence from that game yep. to, yeah. to, to know that we aren't necessarily at our very best but you also saw enough moments of our best in the game where you saw moments why we're going to fuck up in games but you also see why teams are going to fear us because if, if you're someone like Tottenham and you think Jesus Christ we haven't even played badly there and Villa have come here and, and got the win yeah. yeah and as well as that I mean Spurs just when they're looking to get back into the game in the, the six minutes of injury time Villa are able to bring on Duran and Ramsey and the two of them contributed Find the whole last well. six minutes. Duran, Duran's slide tackle was <laughs> picture <Thunking>. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and he was he was aggressive. He was just what you need, you know. When a team wants to put you under the aerial bombardment, you get a tall lad in the box at your end, and then of course when you want to go back to front and just get rid and sort of turn the opposition around, as it were, the ball generally does stick with him. Again, yeah. especially against in a game like where you know you're playing against a very tired team who've done a heck of a lot of running. I mean, they they completely outran Villa, didn't they, in the first half? But yeah. Second half, I think Villa um, Villa were probably quite a bit more efficient than Tottenham Villa. You know, Spurs had to work really hard to get the chances, and Villa were lucky. Let's not be. Let's not Villa, say Villa they were just but, trying but, to hang on in there in the first half. Yeah, they were. Spurs players were flying past them, and mm-hmm. but it's a bit of shock and awe about it to a certain extent. Yeah, there was. But I thought second half it was just a really good game of football where both tops, both sides were, were sort of trading blows. They both sides were playing well, and that's kind of you know a, a good you know a good advert for the Premier League. As much as you get, you know, last week you got well, you know the other week. You got a, a four-all with you know City and Chelsea and games like, but this was a really English-style game where it was a bit more blood and thunder and more of a battling performance. Which, to be honest, we haven't seen enough of from Villa this season, especially. And away from home, they'll take huge confidence from the fact that we can, you know, we can go toe to toe with the teams around us away from home. You know, well, I think the, your key point there is is the battling is yep. what I'm taking from this is, as you rightly said, we haven't really demonstrated that when the chips are down, 
mm-hmm. against teams of this level in the say the top six we've been swept away eventually but this yeah. was a different uh different gravy you, you yeah. mentioned martinez's potential for man in the match but i'm going with son for the hat trick he scored <laughs> oh yeah i mean the first one when he's offside he whips it past me it's a great finish he's a, he's such a class player isn't he yeah especially when he's offside he's a real class oh, player. He's brilliant he's a great finisher when he's offside yeah probably one of the best offside players i've ever seen in the premier yeah. league he had a frustrating afternoon i remember that the two games we played against them last year especially the villa park game he was awful and we were like, wow, his son on the field was this one. He was front and centre and they've kind of built the team around him. And they look good because of it. You know, the front three that were in the game. Again, those offsides, just because they're they're allowed to play out now and continue and he has those moments, it's like the momentum of the game. It's, it's just like, it's, it sort of builds the momentum for the attacking team. Is it football though? Is it anti-football? Do we enjoy this cheese wire which uh, grotted Son three times? Well, more than that. It was stressful that one at times, yeah. wasn't it? It was a, it is. It was a pretty attritional <laughs> watch at times when it's when it's not going quite well. It just reminds me of The Simpsons. That, that What's the character? Ha ha. Ha ha. Nelson. Yes. <laughs> Nelson, yeah. That's the kind of joy we're getting now as, as Villa fans from football is the, the Nelson moments as these teams' goals are, are scraped off. I mean, there was the one to be fair. I think it would have been the second of his hat trick offsides. He was, <laughs> he was so. It was miles off the first. Not only did he was he offside by a mile, the first guy was off. He was like that is that's textbook Villa. That's that's kind of one of those like you know offside one oh one. Son was offside. The, the team were offside. The manager was offside. The whole the whole home support were offside. The, you know, the, 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 uh, the mile long bar <laughs> behind the goal that was offside. Yeah, it's amazing this offside trap. The high line. Tottenham was suddenly in uh, South London. It was offside. Nothing can stand in our way. But yeah, do, do you enjoy it or is it like, well... You enjoy it when you win. By any means necessary yeah. and just yeah. enjoy the ha-ha. Moments. I enjoy it. It reminds yeah. me of AC Milan and the Serie A golden days. They did that yeah. every week. Barisi I mean, that, that game is probably at half the, half the pace that the modern Premier League is played at, but I, I, I appreciate the... Uh, the comparison to the vintage AC Milan team. I just like those kind of wins. I really like a kind of gritty, attritional away win, especially against a good side. I think it's a real um, a real green flag for the, the progress of the team, especially with, obviously, you've got two heavy hitters in Moreno and in Ramsey coming back. Now you've got to back it up. You know, you obviously you go to Bournemouth next. You've got City and Arsenal on the horizon. But first things first, you know, you've got the Warsaw game in Europe, and that's a big game for a different reason, but it's got a huge impact on the season. You mentioned the Bournemouth game there, and that is it's a key game in terms of momentum and compounding this three points into... Well, it's like, where you make your progress, isn't it? Yeah, if you get another three points there, then suddenly back-to-back away games, you're you're actually you're setting up your tent in that top four as opposed to just dipping your toe into it. Agreed. And then you can actually afford a bit of, let's say, slack against in terms of points against Arsenal and Manchester City. I mean, we I want one result there, you know, even if it's just a draw bare minimum, because a win against Bournemouth will, and the Spurs win will allow it not to affect the table too much. But we shall see. We will not take them lightly. But the only concern is the defence still, that it's the high line that gets us out of jail a lot of time, but defence as a defensive unit, still a bit concerned about we're not uh, running down those shots on the, you know, same against Forest. People are getting free shots around the edge of the box. That shouldn't be happening. Yeah, you don't fancy us to keep a, keep a clean sheet at the moment. And that's big, you know, if you can get a sort of, you know, a, a win to nil at some point, but yeah, you, you come away from the game, was it the 22nd Premier League win in 2023, which is the most in any calendar year, which is a big a big achievement. Yeah, 
No, it's looking good, and we will find out more as uh, the next three games take place. I mean, if we're still top four after the next three games and we're we're sitting in our deck chair with a pipe of slippers in the top four, <laughs> then roll on the rest of the season. It's going to be a good one, especially if we beat uh, Legia Warsaw by at least, let's say, two goals just to make sure it's uh, a, a, the win of the group. And then we don't have those two extra games, and then we next uh, enter Europe in March, which gives you a nice two months of just concentrating on the league once we get knocked out of the FA Cup in the third round. Yeah, Man United, wherever we are. Uh, what's the key stat? Well, there's there's a few key stats. Well, I'll start with a quick Spurs one. Spurs are only the third team in English top flight history to go unbeaten across their first 10 games of a the season, then lose the next three games. So just be wary of um, crowning people champions in like August and September. It doesn't yeah. happen. I don't think uh, Big Ange is winning manager of the month for November. Mm, not yet, anyway. FPL player, Villa top player. It's Paul Torres with eight points. Ooh. Right. Emery's clipboard had no chance to plan anything for this. Hogan didn't play. Wesley did. Played 11 minutes. How many touches did he have? Short and sharp. Phil Shaw. Seven. Chris Bird. Eight. It's nine. Chris oh. Bird takes that one. You've got Rogers. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> like Son did with his hat trick. <laughs> Medium Muppets. Right, Phil, what's in the trough? Round the show off with some delicacies. Yes, was well, quite a short one because most of the media, or the football media this week, has been still about Everton's points deduction. But I did notice this. The, the mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, has accused the Premier League of an abusive process in its attempt to impose a 10-point penalty on Everton. And he claimed the club's punishment must be declared null and void. He's written to the, prayer, to the chair of the, the Premier League. And he's basically, well, you know what it is. It's, it's when football is used as a political football, it's just point scoring. It's, as, it's almost as if there's an election coming up next year. What's his motivation? Well, he's the mayor of Greater Manchester. Most of his voters will be in the sort of, well, he will have a fair few in the, the Manchester City side of things. And it's just, it's that area. So if he does this, yeah. I mean, what's he going to say when it's, Man, when it's Man City's turn, when they get hit with 115 times 10? But how is this reported? Because this is media Muppets, not political Muppets. <laughs> Got him. Wow. It's, it's 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 reported favorably that he's, uh, he's he's speaking up because you know Everton are coming out as the victims here, despite everybody knowing that Everton were sort of balancing the FFP tightrope for about three or four seasons. Yeah. Anyway, well, anything else? Just one. The, I mean, this this is how you tell the Villa are on the up whenever their ex or Twitter admin is um, throwing shade and spurs. I mean, they just put out a picture of Wendia last year celebrating and Watkins celebrating and just called it three point lane. Is that the kind of social media that comes to bite you? Yes, it is. What well, would have bitten old Villa, but well, hopefully we're new Villa now. We shall see what happens at Villa Park. Right, gentlemen, the battle of, what are they going to call it, The when Warsaw comes to town? It's the battle of the jungle, isn't it? Battle of the Christmas market. Well, I hope not. I say that, they, 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 you know, they could maybe let, use the, uh, let the Warsaw fans get rid of it. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. They'll probably burn it down. We shall see. They have been given 1,000 tickets, which is a drop from the 5% allocation, which should have been 2,100. But Villa, UEFA, the police, etc., they have concerns about their travelling fans, and that's why only 1,000 uh, tickets are out there. Alkmaar actually brought 
even though they had an allocation potential of 2,100, they only brought uh, around 1,200. So if you want a visual, it, they, it pretty much looks similar to uh, the Alkmaar game in terms of the away end. But we'll see what happens when Villa asks Leger Warsaw why uh, they have a problem and a reputation on their travels and why things happen. It's Warsaw said it's because they're never made welcome. So Villa have made plans to make uh, their away fans feel a bit more welcome, hopefully, than uh, usual. So we shall see. But as soon as you get into the, the hammer horrors of the uh, Doug Ellis concourse, it's ugly, uh, very welcoming, is it? So it probably kicked off. shitting themselves. <laughs> what is this horror show? <laughs> We gave Villa a nice shiny open air concourse yeah. and a cheap bar. So we'll see how that pans out. One eye on the game, one eye on the to it. one eye on the away fans. But yeah, it's it's the first real inkling of knockout football, isn't it? Because there is yeah, it feels like a European game. There is something like a real one. for the winner. I mean, if they win, they pretty oh, much God. got the group. Well, they they have got the group if they win, and if we win, uh, certainly by two goals, that will uh, wrap it up. One goal might be enough. Because it would need uh, Leisure Warsaw to goal beat, swing, wouldn't it? Yeah, would, they'd need to beat Alkmaar. We would need to drop points against Zerinsky, but they would also need to swing a bit of goal difference as well. So it's essentially winner takes all. And until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans